Ain't got no money, don't know where to go Just sitting staring at the stereo I think we better turn it up, turn it up, turn it Welcome everyone once again to another episode of Bandwidth. We're so glad that we have you here, be a part of our cast, to be a part of our, our everyday life. Uh, we are here enjoying the day. I know that Chris was complaining about it being 85 degrees in his apartment and humid, but I would like to uh, brag a little bit. It is 70 degrees with about a 50% humidity, maybe 60% humidity here uh, on the shores of Lake Superior, and it is absolutely gorgeous. I'm having a great day sitting out in the beautiful weather. Uh, I'm not outside, but both my windows are open. Thanks everyone for joining us today. I want to welcome our guests this evening. Uh, well, maybe not our guests, but our our friends today. Uh, Bacon is here. Bacon, how are you and the little one doing? I am conscious, which is a good start because I've been enjoying my three to four hours of sleep a night. Um, but no, I'm, I'm still kind of over the moon at the moment. I haven't really focused on anything except the, the kid and the the missus that she's in recovery now and we're just yeah, just getting used to having a little baby again thanks so much for joining us tonight with the baby i'm very excited for you guys i hope mom is doing well and recovering coda is here with us as well coda are you back in the united states or are you still uh overseas who, who knows it's the internet i could be everywhere and that's true that's true you are godlike in your ability to to manage data so i appreciate that uh, <laughs> welcome thanks for joining us welcome papa i know that you had a little one uh dancing around your feet today welcome thank you yeah she's out of the room right now but you never know when she might stumble back in and and scream something inappropriate just fair warning hey i am okay with that and finally, Wolf, a relocated Wolf, is here with us. Uh, Wolf, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so, uh, one of the things that has happened over the past week is uh, some huge blessings for, for me and my family. I want to uh, thank the Discord channel uh, for doing some amazing things for my family and I as we uh, prepare for uh, an upcoming surgery. I actually scheduled it last Thursday to have surgery. I'm going to be having stem cell injections and, and platelet injections in my, my shoulder and neck on August 21st. So I am four weeks away. I'm going to get really cranky in about two weeks when I have to go on a, a fasting diet. That is okay by me. I've done that before and it hasn't been a major issue. But I'll have injections done and be able to take care of myself uh, through the help of the this Discord channel. So I, I know that a lot of you had questions about that. I, I, I brought it up because I just wanted to see what, what's going on. Like, I'm glad you got it all scheduled and everything. That was my my uh, my wondering. Mm -hmm. um, but but uh, it's good to know. Do you know how long the recovery is going to take? They're saying about six weeks from injections to being able to start adding weights to to the muscles and joints. I have a, a pretty strict regiment right now, uh, rotator cuff exercises for the left shoulder. 
that they have me on and I've been trying to do those every day and I'll have to increase those those amounts that I do because that's what actually aids in the recovery of my shoulder from these injections is not so much the the injections themselves that do it but it is a uh, it is the exercises surrounding it that help improve the the muscle and, and bone structure and the 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 repair of those uh, those tissues uh, I got to I got to do something really cool today. Uh, Bacon, you had a question though. I I don't know if you wanted to tell everyone, but I I'm just curious to find out how how much we were able to put together for you in such a short period of time. Because I know that the the Patreon donated about 150 dollars towards the cause, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden I saw auctions just flying out left, right, and center, and I was in the middle of having the kid and I, I never got to see the final outcome of everything so i'd love to find out how if, if you can tell us how much you were actually able to raise for you yeah absolutely uh so between uh between the the patreon gifts and donations between the auctions between the selling of cards that i have had here just over the past week um the total amount right now is just shy of five thousand dollars um, and I think part of that was that uh, it forced me to post a bunch of cards that I had been lazy with uh, as well. But that was that's just a small portion. That's maybe 5%, 10% of that. But uh, from direct donations from the Patreon and from other groups, uh, it's about uh, $4,000 directly. Uh, and then I sold uh, probably an additional $1,000 worth of cards. Uh, just to people within the group and it was absolutely fantastic to see everybody stand up and and to be able to donate i am blessed beyond words um, i'm so excited to be able to to get this and to be able to move my life forward uh, because really uh, my exercise has been on hold for for two years and it's it's shown itself in my diet and in what i do with my daily life that's uh, incredible yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you didn't get a call from PayPal with a frozen account, right? I I had suspicions that that might happen. The they were coming in so fast and furiously in amounts from uh, from twenty dollars to to almost a thousand. It it was it was pretty unbelievable to watch it come in. It's moments like this where I just get to shout yes um, to myself very quietly, but I, I'm very happy it worked out for you. Well, I, I wouldn't have said anything without your, your prompting, Chris, so I thank you for that. It is a test of pride to admit that you need help, uh, and even more of a test of pride to be willing to accept it. And uh, without your support, without the support of this Discord, I wouldn't have been able to, to even ask. So thank you. Thank you very much. More than happy to help. Yeah, and thank you also for speaking so with your heart uh, on this leave, uh, like with us and like it, it, it takes trust uh, takes time to trust people and putting yourself out there uh, it, it takes courage and that's really uh, something good that you did it's very exciting to me to uh, be around such a great group of people 
just so you know, uh, those of you listening at home right now and those who are listening uh, throughout the world, a band is, is a community of friends. Um, we care about each other. We care about helping each other make money. We care about the idea of having fun doing a hobby that matters to us. And that's what this is. Ban is all about making a little bit of money on the side. So, gentlemen, let's talk about maybe ways that we've made money on the side this week or maybe maybe some ideas of, of what we would like to pick this week uh, for cards that are making us money. I mean, I can hop in if, if we... Uh... If we have an opening. Um, well, I, I had an order, but uh, Bacon seems to be preoccupied with a child. That's fair. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I just want to point out, uh, I, I mentioned this on the, the Spec and Collect one, um, but uh, Clothis, God of Destiny, out of, uh, out of what is it, Theros, uh, Beyond Death, this card is on, is, it's just quietly on fire right now. Um, I I, I, I'm not paying much attention. I will admit to you guys, uh, this last week I've been very preoccupied by by real life. So if it has shown up somewhere on MTG stocks or, or otherwise, uh, please feel free to correct me. Um, but I mentioned it last Sunday, uh, and I haven't really heard anything about it since. And it is the uh, amount of supply on the market for this card is just continuing to just go down and it's not even like uh, maybe there maybe here no it's just going down and it's going down pretty pretty solidly um i know actually as of today because i said it last week and i was like i'm not going to get in on it the price point's not what i want i i watched supply decrease another 20 percent uh over the past five days and i was like all right well i guess i'm getting on board now um, this is, I think, the banner card from the set so far. Uh, obviously, things can change, uh, but just in terms of supply, demand, uh, schematics, uh, Clothis, God of Destiny, is definitely uh, a card that you should have on your radar if you don't already. Uh, the price point for this card, I just want to point out, because I thought it was a very interesting fact, is, is almost at equilibrium globally, which is something that I've never seen. I've usually seen... Uh, that cards, uh, depending on the marketplace, always there's one market that values it more, one less. This card is actually almost at equilibrium around the world that I've looked at. Obviously, I can't see all the private stores, but uh, I just thought that was a really interesting price point that uh, demand is coming from all angles, and I don't know uh, particularly why, but I haven't heard much noise around this card, but it, it's definitely moving. That's a uh, pretty good card to watch, Clothis being a... Uh being an important card for the long term uh, in a couple of different decks. Is that the red-green one? Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the 3 CMC god uh, that kind of does like a scavenging ooze kind of effect every turn on the graveyard. Yeah. Um, I know that I know that Jund is playing it, and uh, a couple of the websites that I follow for modern Jund have uh, two copies of it in the sideboard. But I, I think that's a reasonable card to, to be looking at. Yes, I was, I was actually looking at the, uh, the promotional version, the stargazing uh, version, which I think came out of the uh, uh, Theros Collector Boosters. Um, and yes, um, you, if you know me at all, you know I hate foils. But yes, I was pursuing the foil version of this card because I think the artwork is incredible. I think this card looks great. I like the trajectory of it. So I am willing to take a huge gamble on it and 
if I am buying foils, I am taking a huge gamble. I'm never going to diminish that fact. In fact, I'm always going to try and accentuate it when I can. Uh, but the fact that even out of MCM, I think there was one seller who had multiple copies at a very good price. If you're still around and you can grab that, I would recommend doing it. Um, but the, uh, the, the NA market especially is definitely running a little low on these. So I'm hoping to catch this on its low as it goes down. Sounds like a great idea. Coda, is there anything that you're watching this week that you would uh, encourage people to, to take a look at? Uh, I have. Uh, I have a, like a, a short, a very short term spec. Uh, I, I mean, it's not really a spec. It's probably just a price correction. Uh, there is this card, uh, Silver Clad Ferocidons, from uh, <laughs> yeah. from uh, Rivals of Ixland. Uh, the foils are going crazy for some reason. I think there is some CDH, CDH deck that plays them. I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, it, it could also be the um, in, in, in sync with the with the new red legendary that deals damage to itself uh, uh, from Jumpstart. Uh, I I don't remember the name, sorry. Um, but that yeah, the foils are, are like there are four four copies on TCG and there are two on Car Kingdom. And after that, it's the the pro release version, especially is is basically gone, and that's a, a very good sign. I mean, it's not, it's not super super good. It's it's just one one step uh, symptom that uh, this card might have potential in in spiking foil. Um, which which ferocidon are you saying? Sil sil silver clod. I just want to pop in and say that uh, I I actually had to admit this um, with with Zakiel. Because uh, he loves his slivers. Um, I have definitely noticed there is a strong uh, correlation, at least in the data that I've been, in the sales data that I've been looking at with, with tribal synergy. Um, and uh, like slivers, when somebody buys a sliver, they're going to buy 20 other slivers. When they, and so when I look at this one, Silverclad Ferocidon, it's a dinosaur. And dinosaurs is, oddly enough, a very popular tribe. Um, people love dinosaurs, they love slivers, they love the rats, they, uh, it, these kind of cards, um, definitely, if you see them around a dollar, um, I, I definitely have, am starting to learn to try and source them early, uh, and I'm not somebody who likes to hold inventory for a long time, but it, it's definitely a, 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 data trend that I'm taking note of and I'm trying to learn from, and, uh, this card, it, it just makes a lot of sense, so. Cool to see. And uh, it's also like the 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 growth for the for the foils is be, is a bit stunned by the promo pack version, but I mean, like you 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 will probably won't sell the ninety nine ninety nine <laughs> uh, copy, but I feel like for now a five a five five buck a piece it could be a good say out. Especially if you go if you go in low, mm -hmm. but that's like that's a. I, I feel like that's like a, an outlier. Uh, one big move that we seen last week was uh, uh, where the the Japanese uh, prince walkers from World Spark. Yeah, those those cards are those they're popping off. I mean that that's the I, th I feel like the the Japanese planeswalkers are the quintessential. 
uh, low supply, a few people who are able, who have deep pockets, who are able to basically buy a bunch, hold on to them, and the market price and the marketplace is basically at their mercy. Um, it's kind of what we're seeing right now. I mean, if you just have, I feel like with anything uh, with markets, if you just have patience, I think with the Japanese walkers, you'll be fine. But right now, they're really having their uh, day in the sun. I think. So one of the questions yeah. that we have from the from the cast. Uh, from the discussion is why do we think that the clothes is cheaper the showcase clothes is cheaper than the regular version <laughs> uh, so this is what happens when you have 12 versions of a card i'm exaggerating i believe there's seven versions of the card uh, i could still be wrong um but this is this is essentially what happens when um watsi realizes that they can print the same card with different artwork in 12 different ways and people will actually pay them more money uh, either for the uh, the other form of artwork or for the, the special quote-unquote edition. Um, I think it's just a, a case wherein that people who got sealed product were able to buy in bulk and then when people are able to get a, a lot of copies uh, in hand they especially the power sellers they're not going to mess around with listing individual copies at once they're going to list them all together because they just they don't have the time they don't want to come back around. um so what's going to happen is for something like the showcase especially the non-boil non-foil version of the showcase and maybe even actually the foil you're going to have sellers list a high quantity in each listing that they do uh, simply because they bought that many uh, sealed products or, or that many sealed booster boxes, and that was their pull rate, and they're just gonna list them all at once and they're gonna go on with it. Versus on the, I guess, the more common standpoint, you have more people opening them, but when more people open them, they also list them in smaller quantities. And that allows the price point to become more variable, at least in my opinion, at least from what I've seen. Uh, because when you have ones and twos listed, it allows for demand to be perceived very quickly. Uh, when you have five people below you listing a dollar ninety-five, two dollars, two fifteen, two thirty, and you're listed at three dollars, uh, but they only have one copy apiece. Those are going to sell. The price is going to rise very quickly, and all of a sudden, the market price is going to show for those weird ver or for the normal versions higher than the uh, the I guess quote-unquote special edition, simply because they were sold in a a way that made it uh, I guess. I don't know. They were, they were sold in a way that uh, the sellers aren't taking advantage of uh, and in a way that makes it harder for the sellers to actually perceive demand and actually change their pricing. Uh, and those are also the sellers less likely to change their pricing if price changes on a very small level. Uh, so these, are, I think, are just factors to, to, to keep in mind and pay attention to when you look at these market cards. Also, one important Side, uh, side thought uh, of, of these uh, promo cards is that there was really no need for going all the way in a collector boosters or VIP pack. Like a good uh, well-designed card inserted in, in, a, in as a box stopper like Yuma or randomly in a few packs per booster, it was completely fine. It, it, there was in my opinion, like I, I particularly dislike uh, collector boosters, even though they are very lucrative. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I actually bought like I think twelve or fifteen of the the foil clothes showcase version today because 
Um, again, I, I said last Sunday, it was like, the price is moving, I'm looking at this card, it looks like a really cool like thought experiment, uh, it's too expensive for me to buy in, uh, but the, the amount of demand that I've seen under this card, I, I, I'm not trying to hype it, I'm just, I don't see anybody talking about it, and I just see it moving, and I'm just kind of sitting here like, either I'm very, very wrong, uh, which might be the case, and I, I'm sorry if it is, or, uh, or I, I just want to be a part of it at this point, because I... It's very weird for me to see a card experience the level of demand it's seen and not show up on like MTG stocks or, or any other place. And I know it's because it's an imprint card. It's, it's just one that I really like. Um, but not trying to, to steer the conversation too much towards Clovis. Uh, another card, um, I, I see ink drops in here. I know, I know Zeal will uh, like this card, uh, is Joyra Weatherlight Captain. Um, this is a card well on its way to be a $10 card. Uh, I don't know if there's really many buying opportunities for this card left anymore, um, but this is just a card that uh, if you look at the direct sellers on TCG, I'm uh, just looking at eBay and supply levels and the, the Card Kingdom buy list. This is a EDH favorite. Um, not, I don't think a surprise to anybody. I just think it's time has finally come in terms of its distance from when it was printed. And I'm kind of happy for this, but uh, it, it's another card that if you can find on the cheap still, if you can find at an LGS or from anybody who's kind of asleep on the Switch, uh, this is definitely a card. If you can find it uh, and buy into it after fees and shipping and everything under $5, I would even say $4 if you want to be realistic. Um, this is a, it's a fun card I think that you, you might want to tag on to. I think that's kind of fun. Definitely, Clothis is one of those cards that I'm keeping my eye on. But uh, also, we I'd like to hear from Bacon if he has the opportunity. Bacon, is there anything that you would like to add? Yeah, I'm still here at the moment. Uh, I have been very, very busy and haven't really researched much of the markets over the last uh, week and a half. But I can at least give out um, a little bit of advice on a few things. Because I've kept my TCG store selling while I've been offline so that's just been chaos for the last seven days i think i've had 114 orders in seven days which is pretty mental when not actually trying to do anything um but there is once again some big gaps between eu and us market so i'll give out some uh, free money essentially uh, for those who are listening now live and those who are listening to the recording um first off i don't know if anyone knows this but uh Thornbite Staff from Morning Tide Single, speaking of uh, tribal themes. This is a 12... Sorry, I think I just lost it there. Uh, Thornbite Staff from uh, Morning Tide is been selling for 10 and 11 US. I've actually sold six of them in the last three days, um, which is great, selling these uh, single printing uncommons for $10. On TCG and in Europe, these are ranging from four to six euro um, before shipping. It's straight up easy flip. I've just been I picked up about fourteen copies myself and just slowly been moving them through TCG. And I think I've now sold uh, of the six I've sold. It's now paid for the remaining uh, eight that I have. So free rolling on that one. I'm just checking to see if I'm still alive here. My connection was dropping out. Yep, you're fine. The Biobox promo of Growing Rights of Itlamok from, I think it's how you pronounce it, from Rivals mm -hmm. of Ixalan. Um 
Same thing again, European market, these are ranging from 13.50 to around that 16 euro mark, and they're selling on TCG though at $34 because I sold three earlier today. So wow. that, is a, that is a straight double up, uh, and there is only about, I don't know, 29 copies left on car market at that price before you start getting towards 25 euro each, and even then, that still is a profit, so uh, go ahead and pick those up if you can. Uh, and the one, last one I wanted to point out was that my my call from earlier, I think about six to eight weeks ago, when I was chasing down uh, flooded groves from Masters 25, um, that was based on them avoiding the Double Masters reprint, uh, which we've been confirmed that they have. The other um, filter lands were, I don't know if it's the allied ones, uh, I, don't, I don't remember the exact same name, name but uh, they've been, they've avoided the reprint. So they are now very safe and they're going to gradually increase in their value and it's probably worth keeping an eye on the other four that were also uh, not reprinted. So Rugged Prairie, uh, Fetid Pools, and I can't remember the other two, but yeah, keep an eye on those. I have to say that uh, growing rates, I I definitely really, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a nerfed Gaius Cradle. Um, so if you just say that sentence three times slowly to yourself, it's you're gonna have to realize it's a, it's a Gaius Cradle. Um, um, yeah, like not, not even like specifically, I sold Biobox ones um, earlier today, but I also sold just a regular set foil also for thirty-two dollars. So it, it doesn't seem to matter whether it's the Biobox. I mean, that that does have the lovely artwork on the back with the map, um, but just any of copies of this car are just great to pick up from Europe at the moment. And I don't. Yeah. Even, it's probably it's probably even fine to pick these up at low rates in the US and just hold them. But um, they're also free money if you want to come over here. I haven't I haven't told Bacon this, but this is one of my my mainstay sellers. This is one of the cards that I constantly kind of just source and buy, and uh, that I I don't really make much money on, but I know I'm going to make a buck or two each time I sell a copy. Uh, and I've been doing this consistently for about a year now. Uh, just growing rates of Villamoc is just one of those slow, steady gainers that um, uh, I don't like because it's so slow and steady. But at the same time, I still have to respect it. Um, it's just one of those that if you forget it exists and you come back to it in a couple of years, uh, barring a, a reprint that I just don't see happening, and even still, you have, and I'm really not advocating, I, I don't like foils, I have to say that as much as possible, uh, but if you have a rare version of this, or, or like a version like the, uh, the special artwork on the back one, the flip one, um, that, that makes it even harder for them to reprint that particular version and essentially what they would do I think if they were going to reprint it again they would give it new artwork uh, which gives you kind of a bit of a buffer not much but something uh, this is definitely a card that uh, if you're the kind of person and uh, you just kind of look at your cards once every like quarter or I guess three four months um, th this is kind of an ideal card and the fact that it's free money now is is just incredible uh, I think that's an excellent opportunity for anybody who's really looking to enter MVG Finance. This is the kind of card that you can get. Don't obviously just go buy it at whatever price you can find it at a high price tag and shipping and fees and taxes and everything. Uh, but if you can be smart about it, this is this is one of those cards that can really lead you in the hobby, I think. I actually just remembered there was one that I was going to mention. It was kind of a similar thing to you, uh, Wolf. It's just the one thing that I'm just constantly selling, like one to two of every second or third day. And that's uh, uh, Oran Frostfang, which is the snow creature snake mm -hmm. from Commander 2019. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that, that thing. I, I bought a, a packet from a European vendor, 147 copies at 
three euro twenty four, and I bought that about two months ago. I'm down now to about sixteen copies left in that sleeve, uh, and I've been selling them just consistently at that seven fifty to eight dollar mark on TCG, just every second day. Um, and even in Europe at the moment, there is hundreds of these sub five euro. Actually, most of them are actually sub four euro. Um, and because of the single printing from CDC19, they are just going to steadily grow up. And as, if it avoids any type of reprint in the next Commander set, which it most likely will, it's going to be a $10 card, even in the short term. Uh, but I'm, I'm literally buying them now at €4 Euro to sell for 750 to $8 and just keep that consistent flow of um, yeah. money and sales coming in. Um, not, to, not to diminish... Um, or not to steal the opportunities away, because I know the moment I point bacon towards this, it gets risky uh, in the EU. Um, but I, I think snow is kind of another form of tribal, uh, but just mm -hmm. kind of piggybacking off that and uh, just a movement that I did this week. And um, I, I think Jim was actually, MTG Papa was doing this, um, but he was buying the sealed version of it, was the Secret Lair Kitties. Uh, if you look in the EU right now, you can buy a Leonin War Leader uh, kitten card, or the Secret Lair kitten, for like $10, and they're selling for 40 uh, to 45 on TCG. Uh, you can bet your bottom dollar I am in on that train. Uh, this is just a product that screams NA demand. Uh, I personally think the artwork is adorable, and I try to avoid emotion as much as possible on these things, and the fact that I see it and I just go, I need to have it, uh, has kind of got me quite bullish on it. Uh, so, um, cards like this, especially I think uh, like the Snow, the Tribals, uh, these are kind of like, I, I think that the EDH supported cards that the NA market really puts a premium on that the rest of the world uh, either doesn't realize or just doesn't act on, uh, are definitely cards that if, if you're looking into global markets for the first time, I think that is the avenue that you want to initially invest in and I think you'll find at least some form of success with. Yeah, and there, there was an example of that that happened like only, what, three or four weeks ago, and that was the other cat, uh, Miri Weatherlight Duelist. Um, when we were talking about that in the Discord, they were ranging from, I think, 16 to 19 euro each, um, and I picked up seven and a few other members kind of cleaned them out. Now they're around that 25 euro mark on card market, but uh, they're still selling. I think I sold five now of my seven, and they've all sold in that 35 to 40 US range as well. Um, so that those, those have been strict, uh, almost 200 percenters. So we've got a we've got a pretty good spot to to start from here. Uh, a lot of these cards, a lot of the things that we've seen over the past few weeks have have really started to move the market, and it's one of those things that is really exciting. Uh, as we've as we've talked through. Uh, a number of these different things. One of the questions that we keep coming back to is, is what do we do about Jumpstart? What do we do about Double Masters? What do we do about uh, this this next set coming up in in a month and a half? Uh, no, it, well, more like two months. What do we do about all of these different cards uh, to, to really... Uh, to really move uh, product you know we have so much sealed product coming out right now we don't know what to do with it 
I'm, I'm very glad to have MTG Papa here with us today to, to give us an idea of what to do with sealed product. He's been uh, investing in sealed product for a number of years. And one of the cool things about Papa is that he has, uh, has this plan and had this idea about how to invest in MTG product uh, over the long term. So Papa, uh, thanks for joining us. You had some things you wanted to rant about uh, and then I'm sure that we have some questions for you as well. Yeah, so um, sealed product. Buy it, throw it in your closet, come back in five years. That's that's all I got to add. That's about it. That, oh, Discussion well, over. Per- Follow my advice. Perfect. <laughs> no. Hey, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I, I just, to, just to introduce this topic a little bit, um, it's something that... Um, I mean, sealed product has been part of collecting magic since day one, um, since 1993. People have bought it and held it because it's a collectible item, and they're like, well, you know, if you take the, pe- the wrapper off, it's worth less, you know? So people started collecting sealed product from day one. Um, and so it's, it's been around for a long time. Uh, I think one of the misconceptions of MTG Finance is that you can make money from it um, as quickly as you can with singles. I, I, I know that sounds obviously wrong to a lot of people, but to some people they still think that, uh, you know, just throw some money into sealed and it'll go up and you'll get your money back out. It's a guaranteed investment. Um, the, the long-term approach to this definitely holds true that if you, if you invest uh, and put the money away and don't go back to it um that in five years you look back on it you have a much higher chance of a a net gain in your investment than you do if you buy um you know uh, a bunch of singles and throw them in the closet for five years um so that part is true but the problem is that we're we're uh, human beings and human beings want instant gratification and you often won't get that with sealed product you you buy it and maybe the price goes down after you buy it. You know, you, you got a, a great deal on a booster box at 90 bucks, but now they're selling for 80 bucks. And you're like, what, what, why did, you know, my, my, my price went down and now I'm at a loss. The trick is to not really look at um, your cost basis in the short term. Um, you definitely want to consider it long term. Like how much did this, you know, cost me and is it the right time to sell it or not? But you're not going to be making money um, in the first 12 months of owning sealed product. Um, you may, and if you do, like I said, um, if you do happen to buy a box of Jumpstart at 72 bucks, and then by the time it reaches your hands, it's selling for 200, um, that is by far the exception and not the rule. And go ahead and sell at that price and lock it in. That's what I did this week. I had, I, I pre-ordered 48 boxes of Jumpstart I got six in hand and I sold all six of them in the last five days. So <clears throat> the other 42 are going to sit in my closet for a few years because I don't think by the time I actually get my hands on them, that they'll still be at that price. Um, that's a, that's a hyper overinflated number that silly people that are, you know, running on emotion are willing to pay. Um, no sane person should be paying $200 for a box of jumpstart right now. With, with um, that being said, um, one of the other products that we've seen a lot of movement on over the past week is is Japanese War of the Spark. What's what's your thoughts on that as well? 
Um, that again is another product you got to buy it and throw it in the closet. Um, you're not going to be getting your money back from that anytime soon, and you're definitely not be getting you over on average. You definitely will not be getting your money back if you decide to open it. Um, I know that other other voices in the community have suggested that if you open a box right now, you're still you know net positive if it, the box costs mm-hmm. you 110, 120 dollars or so. But um, that just doesn't hold true uh, for the vast majority of people because of the extreme values locked in some of those cards. Um, the law of averages. De- yeah, but you have to open up 200 boxes to actually get that average return to be a net positive. For If you open 100 boxes or less, there's a good chance that you will actually lose money on that. Um, and if you open one box, there is a vast a vast uh I, I i hesitate to use statistical terms because it's it can get you can look at statistics any way you want but the chances are if you open one box you're going to be losing money um just don't do it <laughs> it's it's a great product though i think japanese war of the spark is one of those one of those uh unique products that has both highly exclusive cards in it that probably won't be reprinted in the same way um, anytime soon. And so they should hold relatively high value long-term. And it has that lottery feel to it at the same time. Um, this, what I, what I mean to say is that, for example, if you compare it against Mythic Edition, Mythic Edition has some cool looking cards that, you know, they shouldn't reprint for a long time. Rest in peace, Ugin and Jace. But they, they, uh, the cards are, are really great, but the problem is it's not random. Every single box contains the exact same cards. Um, the random factor is really what pushes sealed product to be mm-hmm. valuable long-term. Um, and that's kind of why it's, it's in general, a better idea to buy randomized product than a prepackaged sealed product that you know the exact contents. Um, such like uh, dual decks or... Uh, any kind of uh, challenger decks or things that have an exact known quantity inside uh, tend to be very poor uh, performers long term, just because there, there's a there's an artificial limit on how much they can go up. And uh, what you want is that random factor that someone could open up a. a a sealed pack of alliances and open a force of will. So they're willing to pay $100 for a sealed pack. Um, I don't think that's the current price for them. But in the future, they may be, you know, um, because of that random luck, even though 99% of the time they're going to lose their money when they open up the pack. Um, they're still willing to pay those high prices because of variance, because of the, the random luck factor. People believe in their own luck and they believe that they're going to beat the odds. So. That's why randomized sealed product is a much better long-term investment than pre-configured sealed. Ladies and gentlemen, he just explained how lottery businesses stay in business. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. The backs of four people. This is how this is how lotto tickets <laughs> stick around for eternity. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't like sealed, and not because they don't make you money, but because I'm, I'm my age and I'm impatient as hell. 
I want my money faster. It's not, it's not that they don't pay out, it's just that uh, I, I don't get the returns that I know I can get from singles as fast. Um, I am kind of curious, Bacon, or no, sorry, not Bacon, uh, Jim, MC Papa, how, what is your ratio of holding sealed to singles? Because, and actually, this is a question for even Bacon, because I'm sure he's got some sealed. Um, but how do you guys decide uh, how to like uh, proportion that? Because for me, I want singles because I like I know when I'm buying in, what I'm getting, and I know when it's going out, what it's gonna be. Uh, versus sealed, I feel like even just knowing, like I know it's gonna go up long term, but what does long term mean? And not having that answer scares me when I buy in. So, so how do you guys tackle that? So to step back and, and answer the, the unasked question a second ago um, that I wanted to address is that sealed is not something that everybody should find the most optimal strategy for them. Um, it has to do a lot with how much you have to invest and how much, uh, sorry, how much you have to invest in terms of money and how much you have invest you have to invest in terms of time. Um, for someone with lots of time and little money sealed isn't the best way singles that they can constantly flip and try to try to get a 20 30 40 percent from each each transaction they make and and speculate on new singles and stay on top of what they have that is a much bigger time investment and a lower money investment um sealed is almost the exact opposite of that where you have you have money you want to put. I wouldn't say you have lots of money. <laughs> Sorry, my girl is screaming. Yeah, you have no money worries. you want to put into it, but you don't have all the time in the world to manage everything. Um, as you can hear, I have, I have a family that takes a lot of my time. Um, and so for me, I put 90% of my magic money, the new money I put into magic, 90% of it goes into sealed. Because wow. that means the, the vast majority of what I do, I don't have to think about. I don't have to stay on top of the manage. I, when I put money into singles, as I do from time to time, they almost always burn me at some point because I haven't been actively managing them. No. <laughs> um, for example, <laughs> I'll, I'll publicly admit here that uh, you know I bought a lot of walking ballistas uh, a little while back and um, yeah. had made a bunch of money on paper, but because I didn't stay on top of that singles market and trend and didn't move them quickly enough, they're probably going to take a big hit now that Walking Bliss has been announced to be reprinted. So um, that to me is probably going to be a, a financial loss if I was to sell them anytime soon. Um, whereas sealed product doesn't really do that kind of thing. It doesn't shoot up and it doesn't shoot down. It goes up and down, but over time it generally, generally trends up um, and you have to look at long-term and, and it's really, I don't know. It's, it's if you have the money to do it, but you don't have um, you don't either have the the desire or you just don't have the amount of time it takes to to stay on top of what's going up this week, what's going down, what should I move now because the buy lists have changed, what what should I hold? Um, and I find that's a, that's a big sink of my time that I just don't have to do. Um, but I mean, my but, next question would be, and, and this is also uh, directed towards Bacon as well again but um finding a seller for sealed are you just posting it on tcg and hoping it sells that's exactly where i am chris uh 
jumping in here. I, I specifically don't buy sealed because I, I yeah, I'm impatient. Uh, I, I don't, I don't have the bankroll. Like if I had the bankroll, I do the same thing that Papa does. And I would just sit on the seal for a long period of time. Um, but because I'm actively watching markets daily, it just makes sense for me to use a much smaller bankroll and move that around constantly. Since I'm following those markets, it's just kind of ingrained into my day to day thing. Um, but I, I think sealed is the, the safest way to go. Um, I just, it's just not for me. It's, it's one of those things that if, if you have a spare 10, 20 K just sitting around and you're looking for an investment, then by all means, go and go and find the best price sell product, buy it, sit on it and check in on it every now and then. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the bonds it's, of magic. Yeah. Uh, that is probably a great way to describe it, but it's just not for me. It, it's well, more I, like I also hate Japanese words, but. <laughs> it's not it's not bonds it's more like a market index it's more like the dow jones you know what i mean like you're buying yeah, i do fruit. yeah yeah so so <laughs> if the market moves up overall your box is going to move up um the other thing is at, over time the ev disassociates itself from the price of the box um in the beginning in the first two years the price of the box is very closely tied to its expected value of the cards inside um but after five years or so, they start to diverge and the EV continues to climb, but the box price goes up even faster. And that's because of this premium of this whole idea that I'm going to get lucky and hit the big one if I buy that box from him. Um, in terms of how to get rid of them, that's, that's a tough one. I don't sell a lot. Um, like I said, I, it's, it's all collections that I just hold on to. Um, I have sold some on on Facebook. Um, I have some, sold some on TCG Player, but mostly uh, the boxes that I've moved, the older ones that I've moved. Um, I'd say I'd say the newer ones, that, like the Jumpstart, I've sold. Uh, I sold some Mystery Booster boxes a few months ago. Those I sold on TCG just because they were high in demand and easy to get a good price on them. But um, old modern masters boxes i've sold uh stuff like that i actually have contacts that come to me and say hey i want a box to draft with my friends and you know i just meet them somewhere in a parking lot and hand over the box and they send me the cash for the bank <laughs> that sounds easy. like a drug deal uh <laughs> <laughs> well yeah last time i brought it to the house that felt even more like a drug dealer when he called me up i need some boxes delivered can you you know i'll give you an extra 20 bucks if you can make the trip out here um <laughs> that felt shadier but <laughs> no like I don't, I don't move a lot and that is true yeah, they're not yeah. they're not as liquid as singles are um you don't find any buy lists for boxes that are reasonable anywhere um or competitive so moving them out yeah probably going to be a tougher a tougher thing than singles but there's no rush uh, in my in my uh, situation now if you are the type your finances are that you may have to get that money back out quickly. Um, I would strongly suggest against read my newspaper. Uh, you know, putting money into sealed. If you ever think that you need that money in the next five years, uh, oh, don't five put it in there. Years. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. you got to have that mentality. The other thing is, you got to be very, very good at not cracking boxes. What a lot of people do is they'll buy a box of sealed and then they'll look at it on their shelf and they'll think about what's inside and they'll think about it and they'll look at it. And that box is not going to reach its maturity. I can guarantee you that it's going to be open at some point and they're going to go, damn it. Why did I open it? It was worth so much sealed. 
Um, so you if you can't control yourself, you don't subscribe to my war MTG purchase and I hit you for it because it's exactly <laughs> what I did. And yeah. I'm awful. That's all right. That's all right. We all have those. But if you can if you can just put it somewhere that you know it's safe but not reminding you constantly, that's that's probably the best way of going about putting money into sealed. Um, it's a it's it's a long game you gotta play. You, you, if you're if you're impulsive, it's not a good it's not gonna be good for you because you know, as soon as you open it, as soon as you you know, need that money and you try to sell it, you're gonna find that, you know, twelve months after you put your money into it, you can't get that money back out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gonna be a huge disappointment. So don't ever buy sealed thinking that, okay, in 12 months, this is going to be worth 30% more and I'm going to be able to make money on it. Um, yeah. if you do great. If not, don't worry about it. That's the other thing is that these VIP packs and two XM double master stuff that people are canceling their orders now. Like I don't understand why anyone would be canceling large orders. I understand one box or two boxes that they bought and they're like, oh, I don't want that box anymore. But if somebody bought, you know, 30, 40 boxes and now they're like, oh, I only want to buy 10 boxes. Like, why? Like, <laughs> if the same, if the, the idea of when you made that 30 box order was true, you should hold on to it. I mean, it, it's still true today. It doesn't really matter how valuable the cards are in right now. You know, the, the prices are going to change in five years, and that's what the box is going to be worth, um, not not the current prices today. So um, just just understand that if you're, if you're buying large amounts of sealed to hold on to, no hype um, season, no spoiler season should ever change your mind on whether or not that was a good purchase. That being said, I generally don't buy sealed until after it's out. I don't like to pre-order sealed because it almost never is a good price on a pre-order. Um, Really? Every wow. single master set has gone down after being released from its pre-order price. Um, but I, if you're holding it for five years, I mean, I'm sorry, I, I'm I don't want to interrupt, but I mean, my entire and I'm being very honest and open here. My entire strategy is is literally to buy into these sets before spoilers set in because that's when you can get the best price. So, if, like, no, it's no, not because it's, no. I mean, it, if I'm holding for five years, if that's the assumption. Wouldn't it? I mean, it's th- th- okay. You can group boxes into into standard standard boosters and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. specialty products, right? Mm-hmm. Standard, if you know what the price is going to be, somewhere around eighty bucks to a hundred, um, and you can wait until you find that price. You don't have to buy it if if for some reason you find a great deal at seventy five bucks a box pre order, go ahead. But if it's you know ninety nine pre order, just wait, mm-hmm. wait. A month until after it's out and you'll be finding people trying to sell it for 85 or so um because there's always that supply for limited edition or, or specialty product it's okay. not really that limited and um people once the once their uh, initial uh the wave of interest is passed stores try to get rid of their product um they start marking it down and selling it for less um it's just it's just the way it happens. Everyone has that urge to buy in the beginning, and then everyone kind of feels like, eh, I don't want this anymore. The other thing is you can find sealed people that bought sealed thinking they'd hold on to it, and then they want the money for something else now, and so they're willing to sell for a twenty dollars loss, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I just found that. Sorry, also, like, my little princess is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna say that. that 
yes, there are some things that buck that trend, but by and large, your best price, your best price is going to be after, after uh, release. No, that, that's a great uh, analysis, and I was just going to suggest that uh, uh, Sealed is also a very good way if you do a lot of uh, uh, arbitrage or credit play, uh, like myself. <laughs> um, most of my MTG finance is with buy lists, and sometimes I have a lot of credit that I don't know how to spend, and just having having somewhere, uh, having it like securing the credit uh, uh, margin that's using a balance offers you towards uh, uh, sealed is a very good uh, out um no, more usually the especially on car kingdom or miniature market uh, that's where i've been very active on um you can find uh, um boxes that uh, barely above the market price and that's how uh, um uh, in your in and you can show that it, it's going to be shipped uh, correctly like there won't be any any trouble uh, with them i, I actually got uh, some very old uh, uh, boxes uh, shipped uh, from Kingdom and they they shipped it like it's unfortunate that they, they added the shipping costs to it but uh it's uh, it, it, it it can work as as a way uh, to expand your collect your position uh, or your collection like uh, I've found out that a lot of people collect sets. Um, for example, it's very popular to, to collect all the master sets from the 2013 one to the um, Ultimate Master. Uh, I don't know what will happen with the uh, Double Master because I feel like they should have, they could have used uh, another brand, but whatever. Um, so people collecting like they either collect the sets, entire sets, or like all the M Magic 2010 to 2015 blocks, blocks of sets, and that's where a lot of movement has been. Um, I believe that with Pioneer there could be uh, a lot of movement uh, in Sealed, uh, like we've seen with Among Cat, uh, uh, Rivals of Ixland, that uh, that was one of our favorite uh, boxes. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a good point um, that I also wanted to touch on. Is that often you'll find the best price on a standard booster is two or three years after it's been released. Um, I could have bought you know thirty boxes of Rivals of Ixalan when it was in standard for probably close to ninety eighty to ninety dollars a box, uh, but I didn't. And three years later, uh, I noticed that it was at ninety five, and there were some cards that were starting to go up, and I thought, well. I should go buy a bunch of boxes. So even though I paid five to ten dollars more than I would have three years earlier, um, that money I didn't have to pay that money until you know I had that money for three more years in theory. So it wasn't that big of a loss to to wait um, on those boxes in particular. But generally, I like to buy it near the end of its near the end of its run in standard. Um, you know that's why I think Japanese War is a good price right now is because there's I, there's no way an additional wave is going to come out like it just did in the last few weeks. Uh, and there's no way that the prices are going to be this low um, again, in my mind. But I have a, I th I have a question that um, I don't, I don't want to be... Well, I think it'll be an, an interesting question. Um, would you... And I'm posing this mostly at Jim, but for everyone. Um, when you're buying sealed, I think the the main problem becomes who are you selling to 
and, and that requires that you establish yourself as a figure in a selling market. How would you differentiate it from selling, buying and selling, say, foreign cards? I mean, it's a niche in the same way that, that you know, making money on foreign cards is a niche. Um, like, yes, you don't, it's not as easy uh, to get rid of them as, as singles are. Um, but there's always, there's always, always, always people to willing to buy boxes for below current market prices. You know, you put up, put them up on sealed Facebook groups or whatever. And you say this $500 box, I'm selling it for 400 and everyone will jump on it. You know, like it's, it's considered guaranteed solid investment. So it's not hard to get close to the market rate. Even if you're, even if you want to sell it, you're motivated to sell it. Um, whereas it's easy to take a 50% hit on a single that you're motivated to sell. Um, you know, if my $500 card and I really need that money out, there may not be anybody that wants to buy my, my dark confident foil for a hundred bucks. They're like, you know, 50 is the most I can get anyone to pay me. So, um, I think that you're in general when you are motivated to sell, you you don't have to take as much of a hit because it's it's such a standard commodity that you're selling. I agree. I was just um, I I feel like there's parallels that I just feel like um, anybody who's new or or just not as uh, I guess entangled in the industry might know. So I just wanted to. To clarify on that, because I, I do see parallels between the two. I do think that sealed is always easier to get rid of, uh, but I just wanted to to throw it out there. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it 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 is something you got to think about. It's a different, um, it's a different model. There aren't there aren't big huge marketplaces that focus only on buying and selling old sealed product. Um, so it, it's definitely something where you've got to do a little bit more work to find your find where to sell it to but once it does i mean once you establish yourself people are willing to pay very high prices because there isn't other marketplace to go to they can't say well i can buy this box of nemesis at five other places so you better give me a better price you know it's like well there's no other place to go i'm the only person on the internet that has this so buy it for me price or move on i feel like you're directly selling self-control to be honest with you which is really funny to me. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways, I am. You, you couldn't couldn't keep yourself from opening up your War of the Spark booster box three years ago. I got one for you. It's only two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's directly selling. I can control myself. You cannot. But uh, I, I, I'm positive that's not how the marketplace sees it, uh, because the marketplace still works. But it's it's just. <laughs> Oh my God! No, it's a good it's a good comparison. Uh, for conclusion, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Thanks for uh, asking hard questions about sealed product. And I want to thank Papa specifically. Uh, you have more willpower and ability than most of us do to be able to control ourselves uh, in cracking packs. So I want to thank you for your wisdom and your understanding and for giving us opportunities to, to see where sealed product lies in our future. One of the things that we like to do here at Bandwidth is to encourage people to do great things. And uh, Papa, you are definitely one that is doing that. So thank you for all that you're doing. You're welcome. Tonight we're going to break it down, break it down, break it down. We got to get.